Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Monday, April 18th. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, a deep dive into Mississippi's historic income tax cut plan. We'll hear experts' insight from both sides of the issue and explain what the new rules mean for the future of the state. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Mississippi lawmakers voted this year to enact the biggest income tax cut in state history. The new law doesn't completely gut the tax the way Governor Tate Reeves and House Speaker Philip Gunn had hoped it would, but it does eliminate the 4% income tax bracket beginning in 2023 and charts a course to whittle the 5% bracket down to 4% over a period of years. Over the past year, Mississippi has enjoyed outsized revenue collections due at least in part to federal money that's been pumped into the economy as COVID-19 federal relief. But advocates say state funding for critical public services like schools remains inadequate. Kamalika Das is a policy analyst at a think tank called the Institute on Taxation and Economic Policy. I'm happy that they did not phase out the income tax entirely. That would have been tragic. You know, the chances of reversing that would have been pretty much impossible. Um, So, you know, I I guess you can say I'm happy that they didn't completely um, eliminate it. But um, a 4% flat tax is, uh, is still a huge misstep, both in terms of fairness and from a general revenue perspective. From what I understand, the tax is reduced over four years, beginning next year, 2023, and that money accounts for 34 percent of state revenue. Is that what you're concerned about? Yeah, I think, you know, very much concerned about the revenue. And, you know, I think it's actually going to be costing the state over $500 million um, when it's fully implemented in 2026. And it's also most of those dollars are going to be given away to the top 20 percent of earners. So, you know, when you look at people who are really struggling, um, you know, maybe they might save a few bucks, but it's not anywhere near how much people at the top. Um, And then also when you take out this much revenue, you're never going to compensate for it. You know, there's this, this strange notion out there that by doing these tax cuts, 
you know, you might spur some type of economic growth, but all you're doing is setting up some pretty big structural budget problems down the road. Um, you know, when you cut that top rate, that's where all the income growth is. And, you know, you need a modestly progressive income tax over time. Um, other types of tax revenue usually stagnate. And, you know, Mississippi's already having trouble attracting workers. You know, if you look at the situation where incomes just grow at the top, you know, it just increases income inequality. You're going to have more and more trouble attracting teachers and social workers and nurses. Um, you know, there's Mississippi increased teacher salaries. How long can they keep that up? Um, you know, they're going to either cut salaries later, cut positions, or cut other needs. Um, you know, I think it's just this, this trend we've been seeing about taking a one-time surplus and making these permanent changes that's just highly irresponsible. Um, and, you know, all of these structural issues, it might take a little bit of time for them to come to appear, especially because of the surplus. But, you know, it'll all come come home to roost eventually. Lawmakers say that the state can afford it. They'll eliminate the 4 percent income tax bracket next year. And in three years, the 5 percent will be cut to 4 percent. So those who earn around 18,300 who are single and you double that to 36,600 for couples they won't see an income tax out of their check why isn't that good i mean they're having more money in their pockets more money to decide how they want to spend it so basically they might be saving $100 a year okay they're going to be saving maybe $100 a year and but what you're not seeing is everything that they might be what what they're going to be losing. You know, you're going to see, you know, schools starting to to, you know, bet like worse quality. You know, you're starting to see all of these other things that could have been done. You could have fully funded education under, you know, the Mississippi Adequate Education Program funding formula. Um, right now, there's all this like infrastructure and sewage issues. You know, there are four cities where they're that are under federal consent decrees to stop pollution. Um, Mississippi's not going to be in any state to sort of address those problems. You know, gonna, there's going to be bigger cuts on funding HBCUs. There's going to be no investments in any type of broadband infrastructure. Um, anything else that we've been talking about doing, you know, we heard at the beginning that there was a lot of interest in um, in reducing the grocery tax, well, you know, now that seems like that there's no chance of that really happening, right? And so it seems like, okay, you might you might save $100, but, you know, when people who are really wealthy who can afford more are saving about thousands of dollars and you're losing all of these state funds, um, you know, it's just going to create such a big problem and, the truth is that none of these, you know, like Mississippi, they're not doing these like five, 10-year projections of what it's going to take to maintain even current services, right? You know, a lot of lawmakers, they talk about, oh, we need to do this to help people because of uh, inflation. But what about taking into account the cost of increased spending? So inflation doesn't just affect people, but it affects, you know, say the cost of gasoline for police cars or the cost of asphalt for infrastructure, all of that's going to cost more. And so these legislators are assuming these tax cuts are affordable without any type of effort for doing any type of long-term planning. 
So, you know, again, okay, you, you save $100, but how is that going to be when, you know, you're, you're spending more money on your tires because, um, you know, there are huge potholes, you know, when, you know, your kids school, maybe like, um, you know, they're, they, they can't afford to even like, um, they have like bigger class sizes. I mean, there are so many other issues that are going to come up. And this is an estate that already has, I mean, there's nursing shortages, there are hospital closures. Um, there's just not leaving any room to address any of those issues. And they're hoping that by cutting the income tax, that it will attract growth, that there will be people who will want to move here, more people work here. Uh, so the goal is to generate a more prosperous economy in the state. Yeah, and there's never been any evidence that tax cuts for economic growth, first of all. And, you know, we're not the only ones saying that. You know, if you look at studies by um, the Mississippi State economist, Corey Miller, you know, he very clearly said that the tax system isn't what's hurting growth. Mississippi's income taxes are already pretty low. He said very clearly that the biggest factor is education and trading and getting skilled workers. That is, and all of that requires investment. You know, there was another, another study that showed expanding Medicaid has far better impact on the economy than tax cuts. You know, but, pro, but, you know, unsurprisingly, the two proponents of income tax elimination, um, you know, you have the governor and uh, the House speaker, they've really opposed Medicaid expansion, even though that, that actually is something that would have created more jobs and grown incomes. So, you know, I think that, you know, we're not the only ones saying that this is not going to be um, helping the economy. There's just never been any evidence for that. And, you know, you even have people... Um, there are certain um, people in the industry sectors who have been saying that, too, that the number one thing that they look for is a skilled workforce, is, you know, having reliable infrastructure. And there is no way that Mississippi is going to be able to do better on those fronts with less revenue. So at this point, what would you like to see done? The bill is signed into law. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the number one thing would be to kind of stop the bleeding here. You know, if we assume that phase one goes into effect, I think legislators need to set some type of plan of action to stop the remaining tax cuts and then repurpose them. If they want to do a tax cut, you know, because they feel like there's, there's um, a lot of revenue. I mean, like I said, this is temporary revenue, but there are certain things that, you know, better priorities. Um, earlier in the session, there were um, both in the House and the Senate plan had, um, they're included, I mean, it was pretty modest and it wasn't as much as we would like, but, you know, there were certain like grocery tax cuts. All of that was completely cut out in the final version. You know, the legislators could eliminate the grocery tax entirely, like literally down to zero and spend less than this plan that was actually passed. So, you know, I think that if they, if uh, legislators actually, you know, got rid of year two, year three, year four of this plan and focused on, you know, grocery tax elimination, that would be a much better use of their money. You know, I think having refundable tax credits for people at the bottom, that would be a much better use of money. You know, people always say, oh, well, like lower income people, they're, you know, they're not paying income taxes anyway, but you know, income taxes also don't exist in a vacuum in Mississippi, especially they're 
everybody is paying really high sales taxes, like high sales taxes on food, people pay property taxes, even renters pay property taxes. So, you know, it's not as if they're not paying taxes. I think that the refundable tax credit is something that you can do to kind of help even the playing field a little bit. And, you know, and I think that finding better ways to more equitable ways to raise revenue. I don't think anybody, if you ask any type of advocate in Mississippi, if you ask anyone who works, you know, in housing and mental health services, you know, all of the above, um, you know, nobody would claim that, you know, Mississippi, oh, Mississippi has all the money it needs. Um, It just, just doesn't make sense. Kamalika Das with the Institute on Taxation and Economic Policy. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us and provide your perspective and insight on this issue. Thank you so much for having me. Coming up, a rebuttal on income tax in Mississippi. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Before the break, Kamalika Das of the Institute on Taxation and Economic Policy made the case against the new income tax reduction plan in Mississippi. That is law. Now we'll hear from one of America's best-known anti-tax firebrands, who says the state was right to make those cuts and should have gone even further. Grover Norquist founded the advocacy group Americans for Tax Reform in 1985. He says he did so at the request of then-President Ronald Reagan. Ever since, Norquist has been a prominent advocate for limited government and related conservative aims. He serves on the board of directors of several organizations, including the National Rifle Association and the American Conservative Union. Norquist spoke with Mississippi Edition producer Rob Lane. The legislation, the tax reduction, the beginning to phase the income tax, Mississippi income tax, towards zero, puts Mississippi towards the lead in the first third of those nine states that are now announced they they are going to phase their income tax out to zero. There are eight states that today have no uh, income tax at the state level. Those are rather successful states, such as Florida, Tennessee, Texas, Washington state, states people move into. Uh, And so there are another nine now that have said, we're going to zero. Uh, And Mississippi took the first bite at the apple here. So Mississippi has passed a good bill, which brings you to a single rate of uh, 4%, takes four years to phase it down. uh, And it does so in a way that you always make sure that the the recurring revenue that comes in uh, will cover the uh, reduction in tax burden that people have by reducing uh, the income tax. Uh, and once you get to a single rate, it's obviously much easier to then take that down to zero. So uh, Mississippi is a little bit ahead of uh, some of the other new states entering into this uh, and has a very well thought through beginning to phase to zero. So I know you were personally involved talking to legislators about why eliminating the income tax would be a good move here in the state. 
What did you tell them and what did you hear from lawmakers as well? Because, of course, there was sort of a split within the Republican Party in Mississippi's legislature, which controls both chambers. But the Senate preferred a much more uh, a cautious, a milder approach to eliminating the tax. And you had on the other side a, a House plan that was much, much more aggressive, as I know you know. Sure. The Speaker of the House, Speaker Philip Gunn and Governor Kate Reeves were were and are committed to Mississippi being a leader in the move to zero income taxes. And that's largely when you talk to legislators, they look around and they see people moving to Florida and moving to Texas and moving to Tennessee and businesses moving there. You know, what you're getting is new announcements that Europeans have come to America, go to Florida now. Used to go to California. Now they go to Florida. New tech uh, investments and new tech startups. Florida outpaces California. Texas outpaces uh, California. This is a big shift because people have realized the importance of state and local taxation. I'm glad that you brought up Texas and California, and I, I think Tennessee, you could probably lump in there as well. Something that strikes us, you know, that I know that I've, you know, that I've heard in conversations with, with people across the political spectrum in Mississippi is that there's a recognition that Mississippi is in co- some key ways different than those states insofar as that we are a very rural state. Uh, you know, we do not have those major urban cores that existed in places like Tennessee. Is there a different sort of fit? Is it possible that income tax elimination might play out differently here because we don't already have those baked in highly desirable urban cores? to draw those white-collar workers in? Well, Texas didn't have them, and they developed them. Florida certainly didn't have them. Their, their population is up 11 times since 100 years ago, up 11 times, uh, since 1940, actually, less than 100 years ago, 80 years ago. Uh, and you're seeing Tennessee also did not used to have those. These are states that never had an income tax. Tennessee had a tax on dividends and interest, which it phased out which strengthens it. So it's 100 percent no tax. Uh, but they you did have a, a they've always had uh, no tax on wages. Uh, so now it's completely no tax on any income of any kind. Uh, Washington state, Texas, uh, Tennessee and Florida have organically grown without having an income tax. Right now, uh, t- Florida is bigger than New York. That didn't used to be true. Florida's got more people than New York. Uh, In New York, the state budget is twice Florida's. Go to New York. Their roads aren't twice as good. They're not even as good. Their education's not twice as good. It's not even as good. Uh, New York pays twice uh, per capita, twice the total amount uh, for state government that Florida does. Uh, And if you look at how things go, there's really no argument for what they're getting for the additional spending. I'm curious in that regard, you know, if you sort of diminish the relationship between state revenues and sort of the services that a state provides, how can, you know, in your view, a state like Florida deliver services that are comparable to a state that collects a lot more in tax revenue? How can how can that sort of alchemy happen if if, if what you claim is happening in these states? Oh, sure. I mean, you often have bureaucracies in states at local government, in the federal government, uh, that grow up and people don't take care of. In the Pentagon, we have as many today, as many bureaucrats, not armed people, not people in uniform, but as many bureaucrats as there were at the height of the Cold War. As the number of soldiers, sailors, and airmen declined because the threat was reduced, many, many fewer soldiers and 
and uh, naval officers, but the same number of bureaucrats overseeing the whole thing. And when you allow either your education uh, bureaucracy, not numbers of teachers, but all the people that manage uh, schools to grow and grow and grow, it doesn't get you better education. It gets you more bureaucrats who have pensions in New York that nobody else in New York has and wages way above average in New York and every other state. But Florida does not overhire and Florida does not have pensions and pay for government employees out of line with the rest of the economy. It's a little out of line, but not like New York, not like California. You were famous for expressing a desire to make government small enough to drown it in a bathtub, of course. And I'm curious, you know, in Mississippi, I know you've been here. I know you've been in the Jackson Metro, which struggles with with, with aging roads, with potholes, with, with serious water issues. Is the issue in Mississippi right now too much government? Because I think a lot of people would look at Mississippi and say, this is a problem of lack of revenue, not a problem of too much government, too much bureaucracy. Well, when you... Mississippi is not a low-tax state at present, uh, and its tax rates are out of line compared to other states and need to uh, to do better. Uh, Mississippi's taxes are roughly where uh, Massachusetts is on, on income tax questions, and Massachusetts is clearly <laughs> over. They call it Taxachusetts for a reason. Uh, so what you do have is a bad allocation. Uh, Mississippi raises lots of taxes that people say are going to roads, and then it gets spent on things other than roads. This is not Mississippi alone. This happens in state after state after state. Uh, and fail states that have real problems, it's not that they're not spending enough. It's that the things that voters actually want, that politicians tend not to spend the money on, and the bureaucracy grows and the number of retirees getting pensions grows and the number of government employees grows, but getting led on the target, getting the number of teachers where they're needed and the number of roads where they're needed doesn't happen as money gets sent to other directions. And that's why it's a question of putting a limit on total spending and taxes and forcing the elected officials to focus on what the people of Mississippi want, not what the bureaucracy wants. A final question, if you're able. In the early days of the legislative session, some leaders in Mississippi looked at potentially uh, reducing or phasing out taxes on car tags. Uh, We have a grocery tax here in the state, a pretty high sales tax. Could you articulate sort of from your perspective the key differences and perhaps the similarities in terms of the benefits of reducing those taxes, Uh, you know, know, sales tax, grocery tax, et cetera, versus income tax? Well, in taking the income taxes down, um, you reduce the drag on wages uh, and investment into the state. Income taxes have the, the highest negative effect on people's willingness to work and people's willingness to invest in the state. That said, all of the Republicans looking to phase out the income tax are also looking at the extra growth that you get from having being a no income tax state that people can People can stay in Mississippi. Kids don't have to move to Tennessee. They don't have to move to Texas and Florida um, if you have strong economic growth. And if you tell the world, guys, in 10 years, we're going to be income tax-free, then businesses that want to build a plant or invest, they're not investing on what your tax policy is last year or 10 years ago. They want to know where you're going now and into the future. So a commitment 
This is going to become a no-income tax state. Look at us as Florida and Texas and New Hampshire, not as California and New York. And that's when the movement of investment goes through. That said, with greater strength in the economy, reducing those other taxes you mentioned are a very good idea. And in fact, we're part of uh, the speaker's original plans and certainly I think will show up in, in the future iterations of how to get from where we are to zero. The present plan takes it from 5 down to 5% down to 4%, the income tax, over four years. Uh, and then to continue from there uh, is a commitment both by the governor and the speaker. And the president, lieutenant governor, likes to spend money more than he likes to leave it in the hands of citizens. But I think the Senate itself is very committed to taking that income tax to zero. Grover Norquest is founder and president of Americans for Tax Reform. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Stick around for a full morning of Mississippi Radio. Coming up at 9, it's Deep South Dining. Then at 10, it's Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey. And at 11, don't miss Southern Remedy. Find past installments of this and other Think Radio shows online at mpbonline.org. I'm Desiree Frazier. Join us tomorrow morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition only on MPB Think Radio. Have a nice day.